We made this guy look so good, his parents cried in the second quarter. I mean, give me a break. It's an extra feisty, best-in-class podcast today with Sean Sullivan, the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru. All the fun is presented by Bill Curry Ford, and you can find the best-in-class podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all kinds of platforms, and right at JoeBucksFan.com. Subscribe, leave Sean some comments. He loves them, good or bad. Sean does his usual thing today. He talks bucks. He lets out his deep, deep Bucks fan passion and then does a sprint around the NFL looking at rookies and how they're impacting their clubs. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan, coming to you live from Bill Corey Ford Studios in Tampa with the best assistant in the business. Say hi, Grace. Hey, guys. You still sorry about the New Orleans Saints game? We don't have that. You got beat by a terrible football <laughs> team too, right? So that's awesome. So hi, Tampa. How's everybody doing? That's fantastic. So right now at Bill Curry Ford, all the stuff we have going on for Christmas is amazing. We have a $1,000 Amazon gift card for every purchase of a vehicle between now and January 3rd. We are closed on Christmas Eve. and um, We're closing at 11 a.m. We're having a, a Christmas party for all the employees where the Currys pass out hams to every employee. We actually give a present to every child of every employee at Bill Curry Ford. It's a tradition that's been going on since 1960, uh, so we're very happy about that. Also, our building is becoming massive. So if you haven't had a chance to drive by Bill Curry Ford, please come and see us. The service department and the parking garage is up. It is amazing. This is going to be a Tampa landmark. Tampa, you, you, have, you deserve what's coming for sure. This is going to be an amazing place to do commerce. And we're very happy about that. So follow us at Bill Curry Ford, Tampa, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Grace has been um, putting, putting some videos of the podcast on, which has been pretty, pretty great. I've been getting a lot of feedback on that. Visit us at BillCurryFord.com. Uh, please go on there and order your car right now. You get $500 just for ordering a car with no deposit necessary through, through Nikki, who is our concierge service orderer. So that's, she's doing a fantastic job. And then you can email us at bestinclass at BillCurry.com or gthomas at uh, BillCurry.com. And I'm just changing my email so, so to its, to its uh, Sullivan at BillCurryFord.com. If you want to reach out to me there, please keep sending me stuff. I love the stuff that I get on Joe Buck's fan. It, it makes me, I get so excited. One of the responses on Joe Buck's fan was that I was a know-it-all. I love that, Grace, because the definition of a know-it-all is I'm never wrong, right? And I love that because the whole idea of doing a one-person podcast, which a lot of you know, people and listeners don't understand, is a one-person podcast is my opinion. And uh, the good news is I'm right way more than I'm wrong. And we're going to review that today when we start going over some rookies. First of all, but thank you for listening to the podcast. I should say that. Please share it with your friends. It is an honor to do the podcast. Uh, I don't take it lightly. I actually put a lot of work into what I do. And I really do enjoy positive and negative feedback. Whatever it is, at least I know you're listening and having fun with it. You know, get a glass of scotch if you're not driving and enjoy the podcast. This is the best 30 minutes, in my opinion, in football. Again, I'm a know-it-all, though. But I... I do know that it is the best podcast. Grace, how are my ratings? Uh, five star. That's terrific. Does it get better than five star? No, it doesn't get better than five star. Excellent. Uh, and I'd like to thank uh, Joe Bucks fan, uh, which is great. And then, let me see, one of the customers that Joe Bucks fan just sent us from Elite Reg- Restoration, the president of that company, that's uh, Josh, is very, that's, uh, that's some really great stuff. Steve uh, from Joe Bucks fan recommended him, and he's now a Bill Curry Ford customer, which I'm very excited about home of the lifetime warranty. So let's get into 
the game. You know, normally I'm going to get very angry and I'm going to get very excited, but I, you know, I put out some topics that I want to talk about and I want to stay focused because you know, I'll go on rants and for, forever and just get, get all crazy. But where the hell is Bruce Arians in this whole debacle of, of a team? And the reason why I'm asking where Bruce Arians is, um, listeners, is very, very simple. Bruce Arians said that he stepped down this year from coaching so that he could give Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich opportunities to coach a team with a Hall of Fame quarterback and Byron Leftwich to be able to go from offensive coordinator to a terrific coaching job. And that's what he wanted for his friends. And this was very, very important to him. Let's assume that everything that Bruce Arians said is correct, that this is, was truly his motive. There's no other motive. These are my friends. I want to give them the best uh, opportunity to win because I have a system. This is the fourth year of my system, basically, supposedly, and we won a Super Bowl. We've been to the playoffs. We should go to the playoffs again this year, and this is what I want from my team. Okay, great. Now we are 13 games into the season. You have the worst rushing offense in football, and we're very close to being the worst rushing offense in the history of the National Football League. Your offense is scoring less points than a Lovey Smith-Josh McCown offense when we were tanking for Jameis Winston, okay? Your head coach is completely lost. You literally gave up 35 points to a first-time starter in the NFL, okay? Let's not mistake Brock Purdy for Dan Marino. Uh, let's just not do that. You gave up 10 yards a rush rushing the ball. You were completely ill-prepared for this game, you were outcoached in every facet. The San Francisco defense laughed at us on offense. Okay? So that's my little comments on that. So Bruce Arians, these are your friends. They're about to lose their job. Where are you? Why are you not helping? If these were my friends, I'd be like, hey, I'd call Byron Leftwich up on the phone and say, hey, Byron. And I would do it, by the way, before you know, getting my butt handed to me by the 49ers. And, and, and by the way, another embarrassing game. We're the laughing stock of the league again. We're definitely playing the worst football in the NFL. The Houston Texans actually almost beat the Dallas Cowboys. They're a one-win team, and they score points. The Detroit Lions, guys, are pacing the playoffs. The Detroit Lions, okay? We have a healthy Tom Brady and Hall of Fame wide receivers and the seventh overall defense and we can't even stay on the field with Brock Purdy and the 49ers? It's bizarre, okay? So Bruce, getting back to Bruce, wouldn't you call your friends and say, I'm coming over, get a six-pack, get some McAllen, right? Take some takeout from Meat Market. I'm coming over. I'm going to sit in your meetings and let, let me see what I can do to help you fix this offense. Bruce, your friends are about to lose their jobs, right? Why aren't you doing that? Guys, there's a reason, and I don't know what that reason is, but I sure I know if my friends need me, I'm in there. I'm in there with my pencil, and, and I'm in there with my books, and I'm going like, we're going to sit down here, and we're going to fix this offense. There's a reason why Bruce Arians isn't helping his friends right now, and it's probably because he can't, because he's being told not to. And, th and there's another underlining story here that one day we're going to get the answer to, and I but I just don't know what it is right now. And this has nothing to do with Jason Light. Because Jason Light built a, a terrific team. This team is good. It's being coached poorly. Period. It's absolutely insane how bad we're being coached right now. 
And I'm trying to figure out why, why Bruce Arians, the Super Bowl winning coach, Bruce Arians, and he has Super Bowl winning um, coaches uh, on this team, is on the sideline. I'm not asking Bruce Arians to put a headset on and take this deal from, from Todd Bowles. I'm not asking him from to, t- to take play calling duties from Byron Leftwich, even though I know Lita Kemper wants that. I'm asking, where is Bruce the consultant? Why is he not involved in this offense? Why can't I see him in this offense? Because it's not his. Guys, this offense was changed. The way we run offense has changed. This isn't about play calling. We have seriously altered how we play offense, and it's not good. You had three years of a top offense under Bruce Arians. Todd Bowles takes his team over, and the next thing you know, we can't score 17 points a game. With this, with this amount of talent, and we're last in running, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. One day, somebody's got to tell me what the hell's going on with Bruce Arians, why he's not helping his friends. Because at the end of this year, let's just say Ira Coffin's right, we don't make the playoffs. You have to fire everybody and start over. Jason Light's going to have to go in there with a broom and clean it up. And if we do somehow back into the playoffs by beating the Falcons and the Panthers, which I'm not even sure that we can do right now because the Carolina Panthers are playing better than us, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing better than us, you have an Arizona Cardinals team without Kyler Murray, that should be a given. I'm not saying that's a given. I think anybody that's assuming wins for this team is, needs to be drug tested. Don't assume any wins on this team. They are playing that poorly. As a matter of fact, I've seen expansion teams play better than we played against the 49ers. Expansion teams. This is ridiculous. You have pro bowlers all over this team. I, I actually talked to um, Joe Buck's fan, and I was like, they're not playing for Todd Bowles. It, maybe they don't want him as their head coach because that's what they're putting on the field. And if these players truly want Todd Bowles to stay their head coach, why aren't they playing for him? Why aren't they giving any effort? The tackling sucks. The angles suck. If you guys can't see that Leonard Fournette isn't, isn't playing, I, I can't help you. You don't know football. Leonard Fournette, I have watched since he was at LSU. Even when he had a bad ankle, guess what he was doing? He was running over people, knocking them down, slamming them to the ground, right? Running over them for touchdowns. What does he do? He gets taken down on the first tackle in the open field by defensive backs. Touching his foot. He goes right down. He's either hurt. Or he got his contract and he's, and he's trying not to get hurt because he sure as hell isn't running. And let me just tell you, if the coaches can't see that, why is he even in the game? Rashard White starts this game five yards on a run, six yards on a run, catches the ball, eight-yard run. Let's put him on the bench. Let's put Fournette in there. And, and Fournette's not breaking any tackles. He's not doing anything. He's not running hard. If you guys can't, he turns his back to avoid injury. I don't... You, what kind of vision do you have running backwards? And it's his speed that's, that's also is, is in question. Our, our speed off the line from our tight ends, from our running backs to our wide receivers, where's our speed? We look like we're running in mud half the time. I don't even know if, if we should get new cleats or what. I, I have no idea what they're doing. I sure as hell know there's no fire. There's nobody on the sideline doing anything. Tom Brady goes and screams at Mike Evans. I get all that. I, I don't see anything else. I see Byron Leftwich walking around with a – with a pad and a, and a thing on, and I, I don't see him getting excited about anything. I don't see Todd Bowles doing anything. He's, he's just standing there. I would be benching players, holding people accountable. Get them off the field. If they can't make a tackle, get them off the field. I don't care who you play. As a fan, all I want to do is see effort. Just give me effort. Effort. 
Try to fight for something, for goodness sakes. And then you put Tom Brady back out on the field? That's a whole nother conversation of just mismanagement. Clock last week and the week before, we can't figure out how to use a timeout. And now we have the we have the goat on the field when the game's not on the line. And the San Francisco 49ers pull Brock Purdy out of the game to avoid injury, but yet we have Brady out there? I mean, am I in a time warp or they either either Todd Bowles can't manage Tom Brady like he doesn't know how to do it or there's no other answer. It has to be that garbage football. I've watched the Buccaneers my whole life. I've seen enough garbage football to realize when a coaching staff has been quit on and one year this team has quit on Todd Bowles and whether it's Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles, I don't know. I don't know if you go into the end of this season and you don't make the playoffs do you keep Todd Bowles for another year and change Byron Leftwich, change up the offense? I don't know. Make another run at Tom Brady. Where's Tom Brady going? I don't know if he's going anywhere. I thought he was going to the 49ers. But now they have Brock Purdy, apparently the next Dan Marino, the next Justin Herbert, right? The next Joe Burrow. My goodness, we made this guy look so good, his parents cried in the second quarter. I mean, give me a break. Tom Brady even said, my parents left in the third quarter. Tom Brady said that. What the hell is going on over there? Are you guys drinking water before the game? Are you guys just cramping? It's like everybody collects a paycheck. And by the way, Grace, what, what is a great charity for, the, for December right now? One of the ones that we're working with. Give me one. Toys for Tots. Toys for Tots. Here's my thing for, for the, the, the Buccaneers, okay? This is what I suggest you do. If you really care about this community, donate your work checks to Toys for Tots. Because you didn't work. You didn't earn your check. You're basically just stealing without a gun and a mask. Please take your money that you earned from the Glazers and give it to Toys for Tots in Tampa and change boys' lives, right? You can change a lot of lives because you didn't earn your check. So do yourself a favor and rebound by giving your money away to a great charity. Rob Goldberg wrote an article that I read. I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read exactly word for word. But he talked about Brady making changes the night before a game in an installed offense for weekly where the coaches didn't even know these changes were happening. Do I believe this article or do I not believe the article? This is what I do believe. I do believe that Todd Bowles is not managing the team, and it's clear. He's not managing. If that happened under his nose, then he should be fired. If he didn't know that offensive changes were being made the night before a game, consistently, he should be fired just for that. It all comes back to the man in charge. It comes back to Todd, right? And if you can't manage Tom Brady, if he's literally dictating all these things to you and it's Tom Brady's fault for us scoring 17 points a game, for goodness sake, somebody come out and talk about it. Somebody come out and say, Tom Brady, this is Tom Brady's fault. Or somebody come out and say, this is Byron Leftwich's fault. I'm really tired of everybody just pointing fingers and saying, hey, we're going to have another team meeting. What is your team meeting about? About how bad you lose? You lost to Brock Purdy. Debo Samuel got hurt in the game, for goodness sakes. You didn't even have to deal with him. You had to deal with Brandon Ayuk, and you had to deal with Christian McCaffrey. And I told you, if the defense has an off day like this one, the, the game is completely out of control. It's just lost. It's just like when we talk about Tom Brady having to be on every game. He has to be absolutely perfect for us to win. And that's terrible. This team doesn't play for Todd Bowles. And until we figure out why they're not playing for Todd Bowles, there's a bigger problem here, 
and, and I'm calling out Bruce Arians. Steve, please name my podcast, Where Is Bruce Arians? Because if Bruce Arians cared about Todd Bowles and he cared about Byron Leftwich, he'd be in those damn locker rooms fixing this offense. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in asking for help from a genius like, like him. There's no shame in it. You're not taking anything away from a human being by helping them. If Bruce Arians came in there and the offense started clicking and somebody came, well, it's only clicking because of Bruce Arians, that's not, that's, that would not be the proper thing to say. You can say Bruce Arians went in there and he helped uh, a young coordinator, 42-year-old coordinator, by the way, uh, offensive coordinator, turn an offense around with the GOAT. I would be proud of Bruce Arians and proud of Byron Leftwich for accepting his help. But the fact that he's not in there helping save these guys' jobs, when they get fired, whose fault is it? I would like somebody to answer the question. Where is he? Tom Brady averaged 4.6 yards a throw on 55 throws. He threw the ball 55 times, completed 34 for 4.6 yards uh, uh, completion. That is awful. You know what's good, Grace? Do you know how many yards it takes to get a first down in the NFL? How many yards, John? Ten. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you were going to throw a ball, right, how many yards do you think you throw it? Ten. Ten, right? <laughs> Congrats. That's awesome, Grace. Thank you for that. Do you think that professionals who get paid millions of dollars should know how far to throw a football? Of course. Yes, they should. <laughs> That's why I'm yelling. Because I feel like I'm the smartest guy in the room all the time because I have to watch this type of football. It's disgusting. Julio Jones, five catches, 38 yards. We missed him over and over again in the game. Caught Aiton, our fourth-round draft pick out of Washington, four catches, 28 yards, had 11 yard was his long uh, catch. Richard White. Our third-round pick out of Arizona State had five catches for 21 yards, uh, ran the ball very effectively, 4.6 yards a carry, which he did great. There's a Russell Gage sighting. Russell Gage actually caught two balls for 12 yards, the $30 million guy that he is. Co'Keefe, one catch, uh, 11 yards, which was uh, another tight end that we got, at, um, who I really like Co'Keefe. I, I think he should get more targets. Scotty Miller, our fastest player, had no targets in the game. Leonard Fournette had six catches. Uh, for five and a half yards, uh, a catch for 33 yards. So there you go. Mike Evans was targeted 11 times, guys. 11 times he caught four balls. It does not sound like, like that. Godwin was targeted nine times, caught five balls. In case you guys are, are tough at math, that means we're completing 50% of our targets to Hall of Fame wide receivers. That's a problem. Rashard White rushed 13 times, 56 yards, 4.3 yards a carry. Logan Hall, again, uh, did not have a very good game at all. Joe Tryon, again, did not have a good game. And then, of course, Gadecki didn't play in the game, who, uh, who was our second-round draft pick. So, uh, I mean, our, one of our second-round draft picks. So let's, let's move on. Grace, I'm done with the Bucks for today. We're going to go into the Bengals game. We're going to get our, our tails beat by, by a Super Bowl team that actually knows how to play. Uh, I'm watching the Detroit Lions beat the 10-win Minnesota Vikings. I'm watching the Lions outscore them. The Lions have the 32nd-ranked defense, Todd Bowles. They rank 32nd, and they have the same amount of wins as you. You want to know why? Because they score points. They score a lot of points. La, 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 points. Okay? Raiders and Rams. The Rams won 17 to 16. Baker Mayfield came off the street. Um, he was catching a bus, somehow made it to the stadium. He had a cup of coffee with the head coach and then came out and, th- and completed 22 balls to 35 for 230 in the touchdown. He looked absolutely energized for this game. I had a, 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 so much fun watching this game. I hope Baker Mayfield beats Aaron Rodgers' butt on Monday Night Football. That would make me very happy. Again, Baker Mayfield off the street 
I think he probably Ubered to the stadium, spent 10 minutes with the head coach, and then still throws for 230 yards and a touchdown and the game winner. Congratulations, Baker Mayfield, the number one over pick out of Oklahoma uh, four years ago. So uh, round pick, uh, we got to see pick number five, 164, Kyron Williams, the running back out of Notre Dame, 319 yards, 6.3 yards a carry. That was uh, really exciting for the Rams. The Raiders really let this game go. There's really nobody for the Raiders I want to talk about, except for, you know, I do mention Josh Jacobs, who's been, who's been probably the best running back in football this year, 27 carries, 100 yards, and a TD. He's been explosive, also has a broken hand. The Jets and the Bills, disappointing for my friends who are Jets fans. The Jets lost 20-12. to 12. Uh, let's, go, let's shoot through um, the Jets' uh, picks, right? So, again, I'm going to go out and say I love criticism and I love um, positive. I get a lot of positive. I don't mind when people criticize me. But here's one thing that I can never be criticized about, and it's my rookies. You want to know why, Grace? I'm always right. Amon Gardner, who I said should have been the first cornerback taken, not Stingley, Amon Gardner. Now everybody's saying, oh, he's number one in Pro Bowl voting. He's the best corner in football right now. Grace, do you know who said that 13 weeks ago? This guy did, right? That's amazing. Four tackles, uh, four solo tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass defense. Congratulations, Amon Gardner. You're a beast of a man. Number 10 overall, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Love this guy. Complete wide receiver, six catches, 78 yards. He's had a phenomenal season. Round one, pick number 26 from the Jets. They traded back up, got Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I really, he had two pass rushes against the, the quarterback. I, I really, they're using him, in his, and they're not, they're not overusing him, which I do love. They're using him as a situational pass rusher, which is, I really do like the coaching of the Jets right now. They, they really are a well-coached team. I mean, uh, other than... Other than their quarterback play, I mean, they have, they're, they're so close. Zonovan Knight out of um, NC State was a free agent that he signed. He had 17 carries, 71 yards, 4.2 yards of carrying a touchdown. So for those of you who are listening, a UGA is a free agent that's signed off the street that's not drafted, who's a rookie, Zonovan Knight. It's a guy that was non-drafted, went into a football game, in the professional football game against the Bills, and had 4.2 yards to carry a touchdown and 71 yards. That's what's frustrating about the Bucks running game when we're 32nd in the run, when you're p- pulling people off the sh- practice squad that, can, that can rushes for more yards to carry than we do. It's very frustrating as, as a Bucks fan. But that Jets class is absolutely amazing. And Vera Tucker, again, it was an, another great pick by the Jets, but the Bills won this game 20 to, to 12. We could talk about James Cook, but, uh, but he didn't really do anything specific, specifically in this game that I want to talk about. Moving on to the Browns-Bengals. The Bengals won 23 to 10. This is our opponent. This is the Bucks' opponent next week. Jackson, um, 26 of 42, 276 yards and a TD for those of you who wanted to know how he's doing. Jamar Chase, last year's first-round draft pick. And Offensive Rookie of the Year, 10, receiving, uh, 10 receptions, 119 yards, and a TD. The Bengals are 9-4, and four and they're cooking. They had one of my favorite physical corners in this draft. If you guys listen to the best-in-class cornerback breakdown, Cam Taylor-Brent out of Nebraska, had six tackles, five solo tackles, two pass defense. The guy was all over the field, and he's physical, and he can tackle. I love that guy. He was picked number 60, and he plays like a, a first-round draft pick. Congratulations to, to Cam Taylor-Brent. Texans-Cowboys. The Texans, the one-win Texans, scored 23 points. If you guys, Bucks fans, the Texans scored 23 points with two different quarterbacks playing, including Jeff Driscoll, who I didn't even know was still in the NFL. The Cowboys had a late drive in this game to win 27-23. Damian Pierce, who was the fourth-round draft pick out of Florida, 
22 carries, 78 yards, and a TD for the Texans. Uh, Jalen Petrie, one of my favorite safeties out of Baylor, had 12 tackles, nine solo tackles. Amazing player. Round three, Christian Harris from the Tech. You know, this is a Texans draft, guys. Uh, Christian Harris, linebacker at Alabama, um, had five tackles, two solo tackles, and a QB hit. Congratulations to Christian Harris. I think he's really, it, t- it took him half the season, but he's, he's, he's really getting into a groove. Moving on to the, uh, the up-and-coming Lions. And I'm going to toot my own horn here, uh, surprisingly. The Lions, who are 6-7, and seven, who I picked. And if you guys uh, don't believe me, you can go back and you can look at the preseason breakdown of the Lions on Best in Class. Email me for the episode number, but listen to all the episodes. But if you, don't, if you need the episode number, email Grace G. Thomas at BillCurry.com. She'll send it to you. Where I went through the Lions' schedule and had them winning eight wins. And I got so much negative feedback about me not knowing football or stick to my car business and all that stuff. Guess what, guys? If you had listened to me, you'd be very, very, very rich. Very rich. They're going to win eight games, right? They beat the Vikings 34 to 23. They're awesome. The second best offense in football. Aiden Hutchinson, who should have been the number one overall pick. Grace, do you know who the number one pick when the draft was? No. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The number two pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Two tackles for loss. A sack. Two QB hits. He had seven sacks in this season. He has two interceptions. He has 26 tackles. He has six tackles for loss. Aiden Hutchinson has made a massive difference on this defense. Amazing. Round uh, one, pick 12. Jameis Williamson, or Williams, made his debut I've been waiting all year for this. This was my top wide receiver in the draft before he got hurt. I was so excited for him. He had that terrible knee injury. He had a catch for 41 yards and a TD and a busted play, but he showed off his speed. Uh, I I just think Jamin Williams is going to be a star for the Detroit Lions. Goff is playing his best football ever, period. He was also the number one overall pick at one point. Round three, uh, Kirby Joseph, the safety of Illinois, had four tackles, four solo tackles. The Lions... And they had Panay Soul last year. The Lions continue to draft well, to coach well. I am fascinated by how, how the Lions have the second toughest schedule in the NFL. It wasn't supposed to be that way, Grace. It just happened to be they come in and they're just playing a really tough schedule. They have an opportunity to win nine games, possibly ten games, and make the playoffs. Congratulations to Detroit Lions. The Lions versus everyone. I love that stuff. As far as the Vikings, there's nobody I want to talk about. And I left out Rodrigo, the sixth-round pick out of Oklahoma of the, of the Lions. Another guy uh, that if you watched, you know, the HBO Hard Knock show, he was amazing. Six tackles, four solo tackles. So Jaguars, Titans. Jaguars blew out the Titans 36-22, to which is amazing because Derrick Henry had 121 yards on 17 carries. It's amazing that the Jaguars gave up that kind of rushing yards and still won the game. It's because last year's number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, is playing like a number one pick. 30 of 42, 368, three TDs. He's a, he has mastered this offense under, under Doug Peterson. And what, how great is it to be a Jaguars fan and have a real head coach? That's got to feel really good because you had, you had that ass clown, Urban Meyer, last year. So congratulations to Trevor Lawrence. That, what, what a great game for him. Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick, Grace, that's who I was talking about. He did have a strip sack in this game. He now has three sacks on the season. Uh, congratulations to Trayvon Walker for showing up on the stat sheet. Um, good for you. Keep it, keep it, keep up the hard work, Trayvon. Pick number 27, Devin Lloyd. 
had eight tackles in this game. Guys, my number one linebacker out of Utah that everybody kept forgetting about has 90 tackles on the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 90 tackles, 13 games in, right? Congratulations, Devin Lloyd. Roger McCreary, who was uh, Darrell Rebus's number one corner coming into the uh, um, coming in, or even over Sauce Garner, has played extremely well. He was a second-round pick out of Auburn. He has 70 tackles on the season, extremely physical. He plays like Rodney Barber. This, and I'm going to make this comparison. Rodney Barber is a Hall of Fame player who could tackle a lot and rush the passer. Roger McCreary is very similar. He's a very good cover corner, but he is an amazing tackler and blitzer, very similar to Rodney Barber. I would have to look at their height and weight and speed, but they might be very comparable. Ravens and Steelers, the Ravens won this game 16-14. The Pittsburgh Steelers' number one pick, Kenny Pickett, got hurt in, in the first quarter and didn't come back. And then you got Mitch Trubisky, who threw three interceptions in the game and just looked awful. There really wasn't much to watch in this game. J.K. Dobbins came back. For those of my friends who listen to the Ravens, you guys can email me at bestinclassatbillcurry.com. I have a lot of Ravens fans. I told you last week that when J.K. Dobbins came back, your, your offense comes back. You know, Obviously, you're missing Lamar Jackson, but I'm telling you, he carried the ball 15 times, 120 yards, and a TD. He made the difference in this game. Congratulations to your Ravens fans. George Pickens, the wide receiver, second-round pick out of Georgia, had three catches, 78 yards. Kyle Hamilton, who was the Ravens' first-round draft pick, 14th overall out of Notre Dame, had six tackles. He has not had a very good year, guys. But six tackles is a good start for him. He's playing better. But it's taking him a lot longer than we all thought to make an impact in the NFL. Chiefs-Broncos, Chiefs won 34-28. I'd like to go through some of the... The Chiefs pick. So number two, uh, uh, their second-round pick, Sky Moore, only had two targets in the game, caught seven yards. So he's had a very, very up-and-down year for the Kansas City Chiefs. One minute you think he's a star, the next minute no one even knows who he is. It's almost like he plays for the Bucks. It's very similar. Round seven, Isaiah Pachinko, uh, the running back out of, out of uh, Rutgers, 13 carries, 70 yards. Round one, pick number 34, George Koloftis, which was one of my favorite pass rushers in this draft. Had another sack and another tackle for loss. He was a guy that I liked the Bucks to pick at 27 in the first round. When, you got, when I went over my draft prediction, I, I thought he was one of the guys in the mix, and he's been spectacular for the Chiefs. Round three, pick number 94, Leo Chanel, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. Two tackles, one solo tackle for them. He's been solid. Round one, pick number 21, um, Trent McDuffie, the Washington corner. He, nothing spectacular. He's getting some playing time, but he has not made the impact that his first-round status has had. But sometimes it takes corners longer, guys. Round three uh, of the Broncos, pick number 80. My, you know, Obviously one of my favorite tight ends who I compared to Baby Gronk. Greg Dolchich had three catches for 42 yards. He's, the last two weeks he's really come into his own. The Panthers and the Seahawks. The Panthers beat the Seahawks 30-24. to The Panthers are actually uh, moving up in the division it's going to come if the Bucks lose to the Bengals, that Panthers game is going to be huge to see who wins this division. So, obviously the Panthers running game is just running through everybody again with a bunch of no names that were off the signed off the street. So, I can't figure it out. Chubba Harvard, I mean, obviously was a draft pick last year out of Oklahoma. Um, he had 14 carries, 74 yards, but I'm talking about some of the other running backs that they just signed right off the street. Dolphins, I'm not talking about the Sea Chickens. Uh, Dolphins and Chargers, uh, Chargers won 23-17. My boy Justin Herbert lit it up, 39-51, and a TD. He looked exactly like he, like he is. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He wanted to show Tua that he's the best, and he showed it to him. Tua had his worst game as a pro. Justin Herbert just did, just brought his lunchbox grace 
just does his normal thing, 367 TD. Oh, by the way, Justin Herbert broke NFL records of Dan Marino for most yards in his first three seasons, most touchdowns in his first three seasons. He now leads the NFL in a lot of categories. So congratulations to Justin Herbert, a guy that I said that Miami Dolphins were crazy to pass him up, right? But anyway, moving on, Cardinals and Patriots. I, I had to watch every snap of this game. The Patriots won 27-13. I do not recommend it. If you're a football fan, you will become a soccer fan if you watch every snap of this game. It was awful. Anyway, Pierre Strong had to come in to run the ball. He was their uh, fourth-round draft pick out of South Dakota State for the Patriots. He carried the ball five times, 70 yards, and a TD. Um, had a very, very strong game. Uh, their number 85 pick, Marcus Jones, oh, I told you, played offense last week. Had eight tackles and two pass defense, which was terrific. He's out of Houston. Uh, and then the Cardinals had a Trey McBride sighting. The guy that everybody said was the number one tight end, which if you listen to best in class, I said wasn't the number one tight end, actually had three catches in the game for 28 yards. So congratulations, Trey McBride, for getting on a stat sheet. Um, he was their second-round pick, pick number 55. That concludes the fastest 30 minutes in football. Grace, what's my time? Okay, so I went over by five minutes. All right, so the fastest 35 minutes in football, you guys just got it. I enjoy uh, doing the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your ride home. I hope you enjoyed some scotch. I hope you laughed and cried in this podcast. The Buccaneers game against the Bengals, we should probably, we're going to suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, I think, on, on Monday or on Sunday, but I hope not. Uh, I hope they actually show up and play, but I haven't seen any signs that that's going to happen. I appreciate Joe Bucks fan. I appreciate our Kaufman. I appreciate the Curry family for allowing me to do my podcast. Uh, please follow us at Bill Curry Ford Tampa, BillCurryFord.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, G Thomas at BillCurryFord.com, S Sullivan at BillCurryFord.com, or Best in Class at BillCurryFord.com. Come see us. I'll talk football with you and sell you a car, service a car, get you a part, make you a Roush, whatever you guys want. Just let me know. Have a great day.